Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Psalm 107 recounts these brief anecdotes from Israel's history, describing their oscillation of their loyalty to God. As they would rebel against God, they would lose that intimate fellowship with God, that state of blessedness, which I believe the author of Hebrews refers to as his rest. And then they would return to God. They would repent. They'd be restored to a place of more intimate fellowship with God. Now, you and I are New Testament believers, and as New Testament believers, we cannot identically apples to apples, compare our relationship with God directly to the Old Testament people of Israel's relationship with God. However, we do experience this now as New Testament believers with the Holy Spirit, where we're keeping in step with the Holy Spirit or we're out of step with the Holy Spirit. Whether we have what the book of Galatians calls the mindset of the Spirit or the mindset of the flesh. The mindset of the flesh ultimately is death, but the mindset of the Spirit, Paul writes, is life and peace. Does that sound good? Moreover, doesn't that sound better than reaping fruits in full of our sin? Look at Psalm 107 with me. We're going to pick up now in verse 10. Others sat in darkness and gloom, prisoners in cruel chains, because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the counsel of the Most High. All right, so why do we suffer? There are numerous reasons, but sometimes that reason is we've made foolish decisions. We've rebelled against God. God will allow us then to suffer the consequences of our actions. But part of, one of the perks of being a child of God is that you don't ever suffer the full extent of the consequences you and I are deserve, uh, deserve for our sin. The full consequences we deserve for our sin is eternity in hell, but we will still suffer discipline from God because of what we have done. So God did not put his people in darkness and gloom and cruel chains. They chose to rebel against God's commands. They despised God's counsel, and these chains were a symptom of that. However, God would use this moment. Look at verse 12. He broke their spirits with hard labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. If you are currently being humbled by God, and it's just now occurred to you, this may be the day that your chains begin to fall. However, if you vehemently insist, no, 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 I've been the righteous one. God is the one who has let me down. Your chains are going to remain on you for the foreseeable future until you are adequately humbled. The fruits of this period for Israel were humbling of their hearts and a breaking of their chains. If God is trying to humble you and you insist on being humbled the hard way, your chains will remain indefinitely until you listen to the Holy Spirit's conviction in this regard. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. Look for this to be one of numerous themes we're going to see in this psalm. Verse 14, he brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their chains apart. God brought them out of gloom. One really cool thing about the psalms is that they invented metacognition long before French existentialists did long before Freud was even born, millennia prior to that, the psalmist was asking questions like, why my soul are you downcast? And then this refrain that would return over and over again, like the chorus in a song, go figure, that's what these are. These are songs, would be trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. In Psalm 107, we see the introduction of a chorus that will return later on in the text. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. That's the chorus. You're going to see that phrase return 
later in the text. For he has broken down the bronze gates and cut through the iron bars. We just had worship here at the Redemption Church, and it was amazing. Am I right, members of the Redemption Church? Let me know in the comments if you were blessed by worship this past weekend. Here's why worship was amazing. We glorified God. We glorified God. His Holy Spirit poured out among us. Some of you came because it was Easter Sunday. You haven't been in a while. But you experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit as God's people filled with God's Spirit gave glory to God right alongside you. Wasn't that the best moment of your week? Wasn't that a glimpse of heaven? Do you know why it felt like a glimpse of heaven? Because it was. It was just a glimpse of heaven while we're here on earth. This weekend at the Redemption Church, you stood shoulder to shoulder, surrounded by love on all sides with other imperfect believers who all were crying out together, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, giving glory to a perfect God. The way that that fellowship with God is disrupted is not on God's part, but ours. He remains ever steadfastly faithful in His covenant to His people. He doesn't move. We drift from Him. We allow sin to creep back into our lives. That disrupts the fellowship with Him. That was similar to the case for the Old Testament people of Israel, and it is very much the case for New Testament believers today, insofar as it pertains to our maintenance of the Holy Spirit's guidance in our lives. We keep in step with the Holy Spirit, or we have the mindset of the flesh. We're either moving toward life and peace, or we're moving ultimately toward death and further depravity. Would you cry out to the Lord in your trouble? May He save you from your distress. Recognize if the chains that are currently on you were placed there by your own rebellion against God's commands, because you knew what God said and you despised His counsel. Do not miss the opportunity to be humbled here, would you allow the Holy Spirit's conviction to bring you face to face with the ugliness of your sin? And would you be overwhelmed with gratitude for the fact that you will not pay the full price for that sin? You can either learn this the easy way, and that is by adhering to the Holy Spirit's conviction, repenting from the sin that's in your life, crying out to God from the pits of the despair, or you can continue to wrestle with God. Good luck with that. Here's the message we see within Psalm 107, the people of God have historically rebelled against him, repented, and then been brought back into fellowship with him. Would you implement this in your own walk with him? Would you repent from absolutely every last one of your sins? I'll see you this weekend.